Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. All right. Made it through the rain. Didn't expect that when you got in your car, I thought. Um, anyway, um, well, good morning. We're going to start um, actually a brand new series today. Um, uh, we're going to go through, just in these next handful of weeks, uh, go through the book of Acts together. I think we're going to have a great time. But just to kind of set this up, uh, have you ever passed by something um, in which you just thought it was kind of ordinary until you may have gone like inside or went inside the fence and then discovered that it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was here. This thing is beautiful. Uh, whether it be, you know, driving past an old building every day at work and then realizing, man, there was a famous artist that lived in there and painted all throughout their house. Or um, uh, I worked at a summer camp in Colorado one summer and uh, there was this turnoff right before the entrance to uh, this camp. There was a little turnoff that seemed like it just kind of went deep into the mountains and uh, that one little turnoff, I took it one time. I'd passed it, I don't know, dozens, dozens of times. Finally went down there, went all the way to the end. Uh, and it was a 45-minute four-wheel drive trail at the bottom of foot, uh, the foot of Mount Evans. And it was the most beautiful sight. But just this one little turnoff took me to this beautiful place. Um, the one that kind of struck me the most, uh, how, many, how many of you have been to Carlsbad Caverns? Anybody been to Carlsbad Caverns? Anyway, um, it's down south in Texas, and um, uh, yep, represent. And uh, anyway, uh, Carlsbad Caverns. It's it's uh, if you if you go up to it, it's a massive cave uh, underneath the ground. But if you were to walk up to it, it just looks like kind of a pretty big hole with just some bushes around it. That's pretty much it. That's that's like Carlsbad Caverns. You're like you're walking up to this place, and you're like, man, there's a hole surrounded by a bunch of bushes. At least it was 25 years ago when I was there. So um, when you get there, right after you pass the bush line, you start going down. There's this little teeny trail that just kind of leads you, a little cut back down, all the way down that hole. And at the bottom of this hole opens up a whole different world, different colors, different animals, different water running through there. And uh, stalactites, stalagmites. I always like saying that from grade school. Anyway, um, I don't know which one's the top and which one's the bottom. Anyway, um, but this beautiful, beautiful world coming, emerged that just came from a small little hole surrounded by a bunch of bushes. And in the same way, this is what I hope you experience, and we hope you experience walking through the book of Acts. That, man, if this is your first time walking through this book, hey, man, touch three people and say, I'm ready, because this is going to be a great adventure walking through the book of Acts, if you've never walked through the book of Acts before. But if you're familiar with this book, if you've walked through this, let God take the expected and the ordinary and allow God to draw you deeper down into the depths of his word so you can see almost a whole different world, so that a new perspective on Jesus, on the disciples, 
and on the mission of God would kind of transform us. Amen? So let's pray before we dive in. Lord, thank you for this time this morning that we have. And Lord, let, let your uh, word just turn from black and white to technicolor in our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, as you turn to the book of Acts, if you've got a Bible, just turn to the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament right after the Gospels. And just to kind of give a little background, uh, one of the earliest accounts about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was written by a man named Luke. Luke was a, a doctor by trade, and, and the, from the life of the disciples, he got caught up into the move of God right after Jesus died and, and rose again, and uh, the, the church was birthed. And here's, here come along this guy named Luke. And, and uh, we know uh, it, it, his gospel, obviously, was the gospel of Luke. But Luke continued the story in a second volume called the book of Acts, or the book of the Acts of the Apostles. There's kind of a longer term historically, but uh, the book of Acts. And it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. And it opens up with this line, dear Theophilus. You're like, man, who's this Theophilus guy? You're like, this is a letter, but it's just kind of telling about the acts. And, and he starts off, start, and he opens it up, dear, Philof Th wow. dear Theophilus. Yes, and uh, it's a Greek name, and it means just friend or lover of God. Now, we don't really know if that was actually a person's name, but most likely, Luke is addressing this letter to anyone who is a friend or lover of God. Here's this letter that tells the story about what God has done after the resurrection. And it opens up with the disciples. They're hanging out with Jesus, who had just come back to life. They're hanging out with him. I mean, imagine kind of being in that group, man. And for weeks, Jesus kept teaching them about the kingdom of God, his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. I mean, could you imagine being a part of those conversations? The resurrected Jesus just sitting down and just kind of teaching you like this. You know, you're just like, oh my gosh, would have loved to have been there. But the disciples are ready to go. Man, the this resurrected guy that we thought we was the Messiah now is confirmed as the Messiah. Man, we're ready to take this message to the nations. And Jesus, in his wisdom, tells them, oh, wait, hold up. Don't go anywhere yet. I know you've been following me. I know you've been I've been training you for three and a half years, some of you. But guys, you need to wait. Do not go any further until you receive a new kind of power so that you can be a faithful witness to me in the nations. And he opens up kind of with this, and he says um, in Acts 1-4, we're just going to kind of give a little intro this morning, uh, so we're just going to kind of give a 10,000-foot view, and then next week we're going to kind of dive in a little deeper just so you know where we're going. But in Acts 1 verse 4, it says, while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. But John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8, he says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends 
of the earth. This spirit, this promised spirit, Jesus is saying, man, it's coming. The spirit that you've seen me operate with in partnership and relationship with my father, that same spirit that you saw minister to other people in supernatural ways, that same spirit that kind of led me to go from this village and not that village and to this other village and being guided and directed by the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, hang on, I know you believe in me, but I need you to get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Father's Spirit that lives in me, he wants to live in you and be leading and guiding your life just like you've seen me. He wants to do the same thing in you. And here's this kind of like little cliff note. Jesus says, this gospel to go from Jerusalem, then Judea, kind of the surrounding area, and then he in, in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And that's kind of the whole flow of the book of Acts is we're going to start in Jerusalem. And then we're going to kind of move out from Jerusalem after about chapter 6, the gospel begins moving out because of persecution. And it goes to Judea, Samaria, and by the end of the book, we find that it's going to the ends of the earth. But what a promise of this Holy Spirit. This culmination, not only of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection about this promised Holy Spirit, but it was also the culmination of Israel's story up to that point. God had been leading the nation of Israel through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all his people. You had David, you had Solomon, you had a divided kingdom, and you had a diaspora. You had an uh, exile of Jewish people all over the known world. And here is this Jesus that comes and says, man, I'm going to give my spirit. And we're going to get into it. But a lot of the things that happened in Genesis, Acts is actively reversing the effects of what we see in Genesis. So what a promise. One of the best sources for helping us develop a, a vision of who we are and what we are called to be, that's the book of Acts. As we look at the book of Acts, the disciples after Jesus' crucifixion and the resurrection, it'll help shape our hearts and minds to the vision that God has for your lives individually and us corporately as God's image-bearing divine community. And so my, I hope is that what may seem common or like, man, we've kind of gone this route. Man, I've read this before. It's like, man, let God take you down, down into the depths and so a whole new world emerges. You know, really, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the most attested to event in all of ancient history. The most attested to. And when our hearts and allegiance to Jesus, when we give our heart and allegiance to Jesus, man, it sets off an incredible process in our lives. And we see it, you may, you may be in that process. So you've kind of like, man, I know what that process is. You may have seen that happen in other people's lives. We see that happen often when people encounter Jesus. When people get into a place where they actually see what Jesus has done for them. You can't manufacture that. A church, man, we could have lights and we could have smoke and we can try to manufacture that, but it will always fall short of a person actually coming face to face with Jesus to say, man, this is what you've done for me. I'm undone. And when that happens, a cataclysmic process begins and you can see people's pasts 
falling off of them, the things that frame them, their failures, their addictions, like whatever, when they experience the transforming power of Jesus, you can see people's past kind of fall off of them and this new life emerge out of the midst. And it's that Jesus wants to take us from death to life. That's the power of the resurrection, is that with the power of the resurrection, he can take somebody who's living under the power of darkness and he brings them. It's like the word says he adopts us and brings us into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of God. He takes us from a life in the flesh to training us to a life in the spirit. And so the question is, do we understand, if you're a follower of Jesus, do you understand fully what you have in Christ because the Holy Spirit lives in you? It's a question that I ask often, like, God, I don't want to just be comfortable with how I know you today. God, I know you're much bigger and grander than I ever thought you ever could be. And so, God, I pray that you would take this kind of normal routine and open my eyes to everything that you've provided at the cross for my life, for our lives, for our families, for our community, for the people, our coworkers. And so there's this verse in Romans 8, and it says this, Romans 8, verse 10, it says, and Christ lives within you. If you're a follower of Jesus, if your allegiance is to him, here's this promise, and Christ lives in you, so that though your body will die because of the effects of sin, your spirit is alive because you've been made right with God. Man, that's amazing. And then he goes on, he says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Like, wait, let's stop right there. Now, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the most attested to happening in all of ancient history, this spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And here's Paul saying, that same spirit lives in you. Same spirit. Not a second class spirit. Not like, you know, a private where Jesus got the general kind of level spirit. And, you know, you just got the private or maybe private first class, you know, if you, I don't know. But here, the spirit, the same spirit. And then it says, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your moral bodies by the same spirit living within you. The spirit living within us gives us access to the father. It says, man, you can boldly come into the throne room of grace throne room of God to receive mercy and grace and help in time of need. Like you can boldly go into God's presence with his spirit. Just like any child should boldly come, be able to boldly come into their parents and just say, hey, I need some help. Same way. His spirit gives us intimacy with God. His spirit gives us authority with God. But he gives you this new empowered by the spirit life to accomplish the very thing that you've been created for. And that's what I think that the book of Acts is going to maybe open us up a little bit more is like, what God, what do you have in store for me in the 21st century for me to glorify you, to be transformed by you, but also to be used mightily greatly in this generation. And I think the book of Acts is just going to open up a whole new world. So what are some things 
some themes that we're going to be looking for. And I'll just say this and we'll wrap up. So what are the themes? As you read through the book of Acts, I encourage you to just on your own, just dive in this week. Just start reading. We'll probably take a couple chapters at a time. That's how, well, and or more in the later sections. But um, it's going to be a good series. But here's some themes to watch out for as you're reading. Watch out for displays of the unlimited power of God through ordinary people in ordinary life. Okay? So keep your eyes out. Watch out for this unlimited power of God that's going to unleash on the Roman world. Watch out. And then watch as people are restored back to him. And as they're restored back to him, they also become a part of God's mission and God's team on the earth to do what he wants to do, to partner with him in his mission. You're going to see a lot of people get touched and reconciled back to God, but then they don't stop there. They keep moving forward into God's mission. Another theme, you're going to see how the disciples' faith and service manifested to turn the Roman world upside down with God's upside down kingdom. That's what this whole process of the Roman world, the Roman world at that time, much as like America, I mean, the amount of influence Rome had on the known world was crazy. So much power, so much corruption, so much influence. But yet here, this small little Jesus community begins to turn the Roman world upside down. Another theme that we're going to kind of uh, pick up is this theme that we find a lot in the Old Testament, but we don't necessarily find um, fully articulated in the New Testament. And it, was, it would be the fear of the Lord and the importance of the fear of the Lord in a believer's life to guide, to direct, to help navigate, to bring wisdom. Uh, this, this concept of the fear of the Lord is going to be really big in Acts because they need this to be healthy as a healthy community so they grow. And then lastly, we're going to see what the Lord did in creating discipleship training sending centers filled with people who are willing to risk it all for the sake of the kingdom. And we're going to see the, the impact of what a community that's like that, that community is centered around discipleship training and sending and all that God did in that mix there was a group of people that just said, man, we're going to give it all for Jesus. And history tells us that the world was truly turned upside down because of the faith of these men and women in the first century. So anyway, exciting journey ahead of us. Um, one small story that I'll just kind of wrap up with this. Um, one of the great things about God that I've learned, and I'm so grateful that he gives us his Holy Spirit, all of his Holy Spirit right at the beginning of our relationship with him. One of the things that differentiates Christianity from all other religions is that in Christianity, Jesus gives you full acceptance right at the beginning of your relationship. Every other religion, you have to do good things, do good works, go through certain uh, pillars, do certain things so that at the end of your life, you may or may not find favor with God. There's the tremendous state of insecurity but in Christ, he gives us all of the Holy Spirit right from the beginning. Uh, but it took me a while to understand that he desired to train me to hear his voice and to be led by him. That's a little different. 
And having the Holy Spirit, man, you're a follower in Jesus. It's like, man, I'm clean. I'm washed. Man, my past is gone. Man, he separated my past as far as east is from west. That's pretty far. But this cross, this gospel, not only just heals us of our pasts, but he deposits his Holy Spirit in us so that we can learn how to hear his voice and learn how to be led by him so that we can have ministries that are reflective of the kingdom of God. Um, For me, there was, in my walk with Christ, with regards to the Holy Spirit, there was kind of like an initial party, you know, kind of like a honeymoon with Jesus. It was a great early, like opening season with, with God. And then after a while, it was like, man, I kind of got the, the elementary things. I got the first things. And then there was a massive plateau because all I thought was, man, I got the Holy Spirit live in me. I'm, hey, when I go die, I get to go be, and that's kind of like this. And then I believe the right things and I just kind of do life. That was pretty much it. So there was this like plateau. And then I started like getting frustrated in my heart because I was like, God, my life and the life I see of the disciples in the scriptures, they're different lives. And then finally, when, it was, I, it, when I got to a place, God got my attention in a place where I was hungry to experience all that God had for me. And God just took over. It was like my plateau just instantly went mountain. It was like God was growing me and opening me up. And, and I, I started experiencing things that I had never experienced in the kingdom of God. And that was after 15 years of following him. That was 15 years into it. And then it was like there was a, there was a place in my life where I was just, I just got so discontent with kind of the, the status quo, and it got to a place where, God, I'm so hungry for what you have. I'm just, man, anything, God, open my eyes, because I want to experience this resurrection life fully that you came to bring. And the stories and the accounts of the disciples and the communities that they birthed and nurtured are wild and crazy stories that we're going to read into. They're wild stories. They're, they're amazing, impossible, made possible stories that brought God glory and transformation in all kinds of people. But the one thing I want to leave you with this is many of those stories that you're going to read in Acts, God wants you to experience in this generation. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you. And so I I pray that God through this series would just kind of open up a whole new world and that like living a life in the spirit, anchored in God's word, moving forward with the gospel, man, look out. The enemy won't have anything on that because the power of Jesus can transform any life. Amen? All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that, God, if we're, if we're uh, God, if we're, we find ourselves here and we've been, Lord, as we kind of heard that, God, if there's any of us here that we're like, man, I don't know what that life is. I, 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 I don't really know what having the Holy Spirit inside me is like. Well, then, great. Today is your day. Jesus wants to deposit his Holy Spirit inside of you as you give your allegiance to him. 
So if that's you, just, man, I, God, I give you my allegiance. God, I want you to father me. And oh Lord, on Father's Day, what greater day than to be connected to the greatest father of all human history, which is the creator of the universe. God, I pray that we would connect to you, your, your heart. God, if we've never done that, Lord, today's the day. God, we give you our heart. We give you our life. We give you our circumstances. We give you our past, our present, and our future. God, I pray that we would start this relationship today and that, God, we would never turn back. So, God, I pray that I just give you my heart and that you would do with my life as you please. And, Lord, for... Lord, us here that may have been followers of Jesus, maybe, maybe for a long time, but God, we, we would maybe admit that we've been kind of comfortable. We've kind of got into a little rut. We've kind of got our nice little routine. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would come speak to our hearts about that. God, about those things that may be holding us back from experiencing all that you have for us. And God, I pray that the pictures of our future, God, you'd take a hold of those. And Lord, yield them to your spirit. Lord, let the pictures of our individual futures, our corporate future, God, be so filled with the, the, the vision of the kingdom of God, vision of the spirit, doing what he does best, us getting out of the way and us being faithful to see people encounter you. Father, I pray that you would take these next handful of weeks and just wreck us. Lord, wreck us. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. But Lord, I pray that you would just grab a hold of us and do with, it as, do with us as you please. God, we're your people. And God, in this generation, in this kind of culture, God, you're desiring to see a, a church that's bright and shining your light, not the light of the world. So, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that, that we would be your people through this series, God, that you would take us and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.